Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to add up on the Ed Up Experience podcast, where we make education your business. We're doing that at Genza Bar Jam 2023, Orlando, Florida. This place is freaking awesome. At the Gaylord Palms Resort. Uh, it is awesome here. Uh, if you can find your way around, which is not <laughs> easy to do, um, you can get lost. Um, you can walk miles without ever finding what you're looking for. I know because I tried to go to the gym. Yes, I did try to go to the gym, Alvin. It did take me about 20 minutes to find the gym. And then before I went in, I had a conversation with myself if I had worked out enough trying to find the gym and then could go eat dinner or if I still had to go in the gym. I did go in the gym. I did go in and jump. That's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, but uh, we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about our guest, here at Genzabar Jam 2023, here he is. He's Dr. Todd Kleine. He is CIO at Dominican University. Todd, what is happening? Hey, how's it going? I really like this here. It is like a big labyrinth. You know, if you need an app to try to get around the place, that means it's a big resort. That It is, right? They have an app that tells you where to go um, and how not to get lost, which uh, I have not downloaded. So yeah. that's why I keep getting lost. Well, I'm glad you at least went to the gym. You made up kind of for the whole group here, I guess. So. I'm, Todd, you're <laughs> building my ego up. I'm feeling very good about myself right now. Thank you very much. You got uh, it. Tell us about Dominican University Level Set for us. Where are you located? What do you do? How do you do it? Absolutely. We are what I would call your bread and butter Catholic liberal arts institution. We're about 10 miles west of downtown Chicago. So beautiful, windy city. Um, you know, it, great place. We were founded by an order of nuns back in 1901 that believed in allowing folks to have uh, educational opportunities when they would not have otherwise. So great place to work, wonderful mission. And uh, yeah, we're going strong. Enrollment looks great, even in this hyper competitive Chicago market. I like your style, dude. <laughs> um, um, uh, let's start right there. Hyper competitive Chicago market, hyper competitive United States market for higher education. Not only, right? Who are the competitors? When we talk about competitors, it's schools, but it's also whether to go to college or not. Correct. Talk about that a little bit. What is Dominican doing to, I don't know, help change the narrative that a degree still has value? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we believe uh, in giving our students access to be able to get a four year degree and then be able to pursue what it is they want to do with their lives. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. Our, our students are working probably two jobs apiece and trying to support family and do different things like that. So, you know, we want to make sure that we get, get the good liberal arts institution uh, and education out there for them, but also be realistic in terms of what we can uh, what we can offer. So, you know, we we are there to support them every step of the way from, you know, 100% of our students receive financial aid. So that's great. There's always some form of scholarship. Uh, and then what, what, what was that? I'm sorry. How much of a percent did you say? 100%. 100%. Just want to make sure I get that right. <laughs> yes, 100%. Uh, and then from there, we've got really robust uh, support networks. Uh, our division of student success and engagement is fantastic. They take a holistic approach in terms of supporting the students in the classroom. Uh, and outside the classroom with all their different programs. So it's a good well, place. It, it sounds like it. And, and is chief information officer. Yes. Talk about your role. Talk about what your priorities are. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it is an ever-changing role. Obviously, I came in in 2021 when the world was still trying to figure out what was going on with COVID. Yikes! Yep. 
hit the ground running right away. Uh, and what we really wanted to do first was try to address the digital divide with our students because, uh, you know, we, we, we have students who are very high achieving, but unfortunately don't typically have the funds to be able to, to right. go to college. So, you know, first of all, we made sure folks had laptops and hotspots and all the different things that would get them along. Nailed it. Yeah. And then uh, from there, then we started really streamlining all of our processes because the students are busy and they're trying to support things. So they don't want to fill out forms. They want to do everything online, which is fine by me. Uh, so we did that. And then we really took a focus in on our faculty and staff to make sure that they had the training they need from software to you name it, the devices to be able to, to pull off what we need to support the students. And the good news is, is our retention is high. Um, our numbers keep climbing. So we are in a good we're in a good place. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and that's not typical of no. all institutions to hear, you know, uh, for all the conversations we host on EdUp, that's not what we hear. Right. We hear the opposite. Typically, right. you know, enrollment's been tough. We need to focus on it. We're, you know, we're in decline. We're budget deficit. We're, but, but maybe we're coming back or maybe we're flatlining. Yeah. The word grow doesn't come up as much, Correct. except aspirationally. Yeah. Everybody wants to grow. Yeah. It's harder to do so. How do you help? enrollment management and are your eyes on enrollment Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. So I am in a unique place because not only did I start my career in student affairs, but my most recent job prior to being CIO was in enrollment management. So <laughs> yes, it was, it's an interesting ride. Let me tell you, you got to sit yeah. at that table when it's when it's crunch time for deposits. But uh, so I'm constantly uh, working with that team, both marketing and enrollment to make sure that they have the top of the line systems they need that everything is integrated in a way to get them data quickly to be able to make decisions. Um, and then, you know, just trying to make sure that that relationship is supported. I am constantly meeting with our VP of enrollment, who I coincidentally used to report to. Uh, but, you know, it, it's very helpful to have a friend in IT because we can make sure that everything is moving along behind the scenes the way it's supposed to. And, uh, you, you know, we, 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 we've been good in that space. It's a good relationship. Talk about efficiency. You know, you must have, and we've been talking to some other CIOs, and one of the, one of the topics that comes up a lot is balance. How do you balance the now of helping to drive efficiency, data, data migration, data management, uh, security, cybersecurity, data privacy, student data, GLBA, GDPR? I don't know how many acronyms I could throw out. People are like, you don't Acronym even know soup. what you're talking about, Joe. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Talk, um, the state regulations. I mean, you know, and then, oh, by the way, grow, grow the institution, look at your technology stack, look 10 years from now, yeah. AI. It's a lot, man. It's a split mentality, I always say to my staff, you know, because I have to have one eye sort of looking at the current situation and then the other eye looking to the future to see where we go from there. So. Ah! Exactly. Welcome to my everyday. Um, but you know, so it's a it, it's it's an interesting approach. So I, I, I take a two prong way of doing it, um, strengthening up the core. Uh, this morning, I was on a panel, uh, it, it, you know, not sit ups and stuff like that, obviously, but making sure maybe that, some of that in the morning, though, to get you ready could be if you show me how to get to the gym, we'll be good. But um, <laughs> so we've, we've got that uh, I try to make sure that I, like, for example, right now, we are investing multi million dollars in our infrastructure. Uh, because like a lot of small institutions, 
additions. You know, we hit some budget bumps along the way, uh, and the switches and the access points need to be replaced. You yeah. can't go without that. So I try to focus on things like that. But now, also, uh, we had received a very large grant from the federal government uh, through a program called Connecting Minority Communities, uh, and that has allowed us to be able to train our faculty, staff, and students on you know software packages such as R and Python and the Adobe Suite and different things like that. So we're trying to make sure that our students are career ready when it's time to go. Um, just because we're a small school doesn't mean that we can't produce quality employees for the marketplace or whatever it is that they want to do afterwards. So we're trying to make sure by utilizing those grant funds that we level the playing field uh, mm -hmm. where other institutions that have a lot of money you know, can do these things easily. Now we have the ability to be able to compete in that area. So that was a huge game changer for us. Go backwards in time just 30 seconds yeah. and double down on what that grant is uh how, how did it come to be and how significant is it has it been for your institution yeah incredibly so to to, to set the stage a little bit so we are a, a hispanic serving institution we're about 70 percent latinx in our population amazing uh, right it is fantastic it is it is a really cool place to work um, so anyway, the sisters that founded our institution, again, wanted to make sure that we were able to provide education to folks who couldn't afford it. So uh, we got this great opportunity in 2020 to apply for a grant through the federal government. You had to be a minority serving institution in order to be able to apply. Um, and I took the approach in writing this with my colleagues to say, let's, let's do sort of that dual focus. We need to have money to, for example, upgrade our classrooms into high flex environments. We need to make sure that we replace public public computers and things that are just getting old. But then we also want to make sure that we're training the workforce. So those workshops that I talked about, I'm also going to be able to have a team of interns coming through that I can directly mentor with my Excellent. colleagues. Yeah, it's 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 super exciting. Um, you know, it, it's not the flashiest uh, use of the money, I would say. But at the same time, it's the most needed for us. You know, there's a flashy is uh, can be flash in the pan Correct. versus long term, too. So, you know, it's about investment. It's yeah. about investment in infrastructure, in people. Those pay themselves back. Right. It's, it's really important. And, you know, we were talking earlier uh, with another guest. Not everybody enjoys working in higher education today. There's a lot of people leaving the industry, yeah. thinking about leaving the industry. Um, we have to think about how we provide professional development right. as an institution, you know, whether that's through education benefits, through its just professional development classes, there's lots of ways to do it. What's the what's the recruiting looking like for you? I mean, it's not like IT people are easy to find. I mean, because you, you could go to a Fortune 500 and code and you make lots of money in IT. Education, though, is right. People joke you're not going to be become a millionaire working in higher ed. So you have to have the passion for it. How's recruiting uh, for you? Do you find good people? Do you keep the good people? Yeah, it, it's been an interesting process. Dominican was not immune to the folks that decided during the pandemic they wanted to take a different approach their, to their work career. So um, I think I've recruited about 10 people since I started as, as CIO. Um, a lot of those were natural attrition. We had folks who yeah. got you know their degrees at the university and moved on. But to answer your question, what I've started doing is actually using a recruitment firm. Mm. Um, you know, that is something that 
not a lot of people do in our space. But, you know, I was talking to our chief financial officer and I said, why, why wouldn't we do it too? Ah. Right. So, uh, so I, I partnered with a, a wonderful organization and we've been able to place five individuals through that. Um, you know, they're, they're fantastic. They have a broad array of, of backgrounds. Um, but I think the thing that really gets them to Dominican is the story. Um, you know, I always say, you know, it's not, there's nothing wrong with producing widgets, but, you know, we produce students, we produce these outcomes. So I said, you know, look at your help desk students in four years, they're going to launch off into the career path and you can see them grow up. You can help them through that process and then connecting them to our mission about serving students who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to go to school. And that usually seals the deal. It's the last meeting they have is with me. And I, I really try to drive that home. So I love it. Talk about leadership for me uh, for a second. What does it take to be an effective CIO? What are the key skills that you find yourself using maybe that you didn't think you'd have to use? Yeah, you know, at first I almost sort of talked myself out of it when I was offered the inter uh, the interim role because you know, I have a business background. So I thought, okay, this is going to be interesting. You want me to be the tech guy? Yikes! I, yeah, right. <laughs> Tell me about it. how many times I said that in the first year. But, um, <laughs> but you know, once I got in, I realized that, yeah, I mean, you have to know how to, to do something in the technology space. I came up through Genzabar and the systems and stuff like that. My job is a lot of going around and talking to people. Um, you know, I mentioned in the plenary this morning that, you know, I have regular meetings with our faculty senate president because I need to know what the pulse is of that. Um, from there, I meet with the student newspaper regularly. I, I'm not afraid to have discussions about, okay, either, you know, we drop the ball on that or we don't have the funding for that or we're working on that. Um, I try to be as transparent and open with folks as possible. I do a lot of hyping people up, a lot of meeting and talking through difficulties. And, you know, so really that, that background has, has helped me to be able to do that. It's, it's different than what I thought it was. And I think a lot of that is because of where we went in the world. Whoa. One of the other CEOs, uh, CIOs talked about, uh, uh, politicizing a little bit. You've right. got to be a good politician. You've got to be a good collaborator. You've got to be able to sell the story Correct. of IT, of technology. Typically, you don't tell a story in technology. It's, oh, we need more technology. Right. Here it is. But you've got to paint the picture of how right. technology is going to facilitate growth. Right. Now, why should I, why do I need a new system? What is it going to do for me? Are you going to change my life right. for the better or for the worse? <laughs> right? Change. The dreaded don't, upgrade. Don't change me. Can I have that for my phone? I need Chain, that. That's yeah. great. <laughs> Somebody's somebody says uh, I'm not using this. You right? You get you get all of these detractors. You get all of these early adopters. You have to bring people all to the middle to move each other along because right. I think that's important. Talk about change management, right? Because you guys have been using Genzabar. You've you know how do you bring somebody on? How do you get them to adopt? Because maybe they came from another system. Yeah. Right. No, you're absolutely right. I think first and foremost, it comes with having that relationship. So, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be on the president's cabinet. So I meet with the various members of cabinet one on one, once a month for us to talk through what is going on in your area. So I at least know what the trends are, you know, from there, basically, we... that's smart, because right, I mean, that's, do they do they the cabinet members enjoy that? They're like, okay, I, I want this one on one, or are you going I don't care if you want to meet with me or not. Maybe you're saying that in your head, but I need to meet with you. You have to make time. Yeah, I, I, I more or less force my way under their calendars. But um, no, they're, they're excellent. <laughs> it's all a part of the big plan. Here he comes. <laughs> 
you really should have played the prices right thing. But anyway, so uh, no, so I meet with them once a month to talk through what what's going on, and then I, what I, I what I always have in the back of my head, I feel like a salesperson because I know what systems we have or what are things that maybe perhaps we're missing, and then we start talking through. Do you have a business case here? Mm. You know, I usually say, how can it work for you to make? I always say, how does it make your life easier? It's fuzzy math. A little bit. Yeah, sometimes it is. Yeah, sometimes it is. You got to make a good argument with this stuff. But anyway, so yeah, we really talk through and I really try to drive in things that are going to make your life easier. What are going to make your folks happier? Um, You know, if if I focus on, well, this may involve a six month implementation of something that gets them in a place I don't want them. So we start talking through realistically, is it the right timing to do something? Um, Is there ever a right time? Because I hear that a lot too. Like, well, let's wait until after the fall or let's wait we're too far into the spring actually you know what we have online classes starting all the time right there's never a good time no it's get i will tell you it's getting harder in 17 years that window is closing 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 Isn't it? yeah but it's paying it here's the thing it's knowing the pulse of you don't implement a new document management system for financial aid when they're awarding right. you wait for the at the end of the cycle so you have to intuitively know when the ebbs and flows are on campus to be able to have that figured out what i worry with it folks is is that if you're hyper focused on keeping the servers up or running your queries all the time and you don't pay attention to what's going on on campus you know participate in activities with the students or you know maybe go to a couple events or something you lose a sense of what the natural ebb and flow is mm. so you really have to, to double down on that um, so I, I I really try to keep my eyes on what's going on on campus technology has a way of overwhelming us these days with right. everything coming there are so many systems as a CIO you could bring in. Right. There are so many technologies you could add, so much so that you might change your mind from yesterday to today. How do you decide what you're going to bring into your institution? And how important are is the infrastructure you already have of technology partners to help advise you? Yeah, it's sort of, you know, what is it, union, intersection? We're back at math for a second here. But yeah. it's sort of like trying to find the sweet spot between what makes sense for us from a financial perspective, because we're not made of money. Uh, the second one being what's really trending in the marketplace right now. And I say that with an asterisk because I don't you know, it's nice for startups and different things, but I also don't want to flash in the pan that's going to be gone in a couple of minutes. So try to find what other our peers are what they're using and stuff like that. Um, and then also to what's going to work. Um, last thing I want to do, and I say this to my team in IT, we are not going to force something down onto somebody. It's the last thing I want to do and have them point to us and say, well, IT put it in. Yeah, I couldn't do my job because IT stuck this. They in. screwed everything up for us. Yeah. You know, if, if we make a decision to go forth with a product and we have a couple, a couple times since I've been involved with it, I want to say we made this decision together. Um, and then that's important to me. You know, uh, IT is one of the technology departments or one of those thankless departments, right? Right. Um, That call that somebody makes and they go, you know what, Todd, my computer is working so well today. I just want to call and say thank you. Right. That doesn't happen very often. That sounds so lovely. Yeah. Todd, I got to tell you, man, I turned on my computer and it just loaded up. It just magically loaded up, right? That doesn't happen. No. Um, it, it, what you get is, Todd, my computer's not working. I clicked it, does it buy? Or, you know what, this technology isn't working. Or, th- you're right. So there's always this very reactive mm-hmm. approach to being in technology. How do you stay proactive? 
It's a great question. So, you know, we, I, I will be completely honest, and I think you know, even our president would say this, we were a very reactive campus up until probably the pandemic. Um, from there, you know, I always look at a lot of things, you know, I, my colleagues will say he's the king of policies on things because yes, yes right. It's a, I wear the, I'm wearing the now you don't see the crown, but um, you know, from, from there, I always make sure that we're transparent internally with folks. So you're getting a new device every X couple of years, you know, we've gone, we're, well, we're pushing towards all laptops so folks are mobile and being able to move around you know i try to keep them you know involved in replacement cycles and different things so we don't lose track of what's happening with that but then every time a contract comes up for renewal if it's a software or a service or something like that we do the examination do we really need this is this is this giving us a return on investment even though we may be not be able to quantify it uh, but those are all important buzzwords i learned in business school uh that Bullseye. really <laughs> absolutely <laughs> right i need that board um but anyway so yeah so there's that but you know and i do tell my folks i said it's not always you're not always going to get the warm fuzzy feelings but you need to celebrate it you know i said during my presentation yesterday i had a very worried person that i had basically getting her to use a scanner in for her stuff and she hated it at first and then she came to me a couple weeks later and she's like oh todd i love it i can scan documents oh my god do you have some like scanning noise or something but anyway yeah, so she yeah, probably so she uh that that was worth it for me so i always say celebrate the moments when we actually get the kudos yeah on behalf of all the employees at dominican university i'd like to thank you todd and your it department for making all of the items of technology work on a daily basis <laughs> you're kind you're very kind <laughs> what else do you want to say last word goes to you dominican university what else do you want to say anything you want to say at all we should know I think, you know, uh, and I talked about this this morning, one of the big things we have really doubled down on is making sure that um, our, our, our students are seen and that they're heard. So we've invested heavily internally in terms of cleaning up our data with, you know, lived first names, pronouns. No one of the things we're doing right now are accents and diacritics. This was a big one. We found that our data entry people didn't know how to put in accents and tildes and different things on names. So we did A, the training, and then B, provided the opportunity for faculty, staff, and students to be able to make those corrections so when you log in your name displays correctly right uh, that's we, important uh, uh to me, see your name to me these are no-brainers yeah. and speaking of that name pronunciation software we've installed that in our lms so the faculty know how to say the name right um wow. so i think we are constantly partnering with our diversity equity and inclusion vice president to say okay what are we missing now uh or what do we need to do to make sure that our students feel safe and welcome on our campus so we've made great strides there i'm really proud of that Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today, your guest today, here he is, he's Dr. Todd Kleine. He is CIO at Dominican University. Todd, did you enjoy your time on the podcast this today? Was, this was wonderful. Thank you for, for having me. Very enjoyable. Thank you for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just ed-upped.